Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is Mark 14, 32 through 72. Today we continue to look at the quiet resolve of Jesus, uh, as we've seen kind of a theme of that over the last several chapters of the Gospel of Mark, how he led the charge up the hill to Jerusalem, and now is willingly going towards his crucifixion, even though his disciples are either going to betray him, deny him, or abandon him. And, And we admire resolve, even just when you think of literature or movies, we admire the heroes who willingly and gracefully walk into danger or even sacrifice themselves uh, for the sake of someone else. That's something we praise. That's something that we admire. And obviously, the best example of that is not going to be found in some book or some movie. It's found in the scriptures in Jesus Christ. But today, we're going to see part of where does that come from? Because we'll start today, we with a very opposite picture of what we ended with yesterday. We ended with kind of the bravado of Peter and his statement, if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And saying, even if everybody else falls away, I'm not going to fall away. And we know what's going to happen in our reading today. We'll end with Peter denying Christ. But Christ, on the other hand, stays true to the task. Christ is the only one in this passage that truly remains faithful. Where does that come from? And that we start really with his prayer in Gethsemane. And I want us to see, even for us, if we want to see resolve and steadiness in our own lives, it's going to often be forged with the fires of private prayer. And that's the example that we see from Jesus here. And even we need to understand, it says in verse 33, he took with him Peter and James and John and began to be greatly distressed and troubled. Do you, do you realize that that's something Jesus felt? And I think there's something we need to watch out for. Uh, several times as we've gone through the New Testament now, as we're almost done with the first two Gospels now, we've noted things that emphasize the deity of of Christ. We believe that Christ is God in the flesh, or as we'll eventually see it in John chapter 1, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. He is fully God and fully man. And now there's been a lot of heresy over the years that has denied the deity of Christ. And that is clearly unbiblical to deny that reality. There is so much scripture that points us to that. But as we seek to defend the deity of Christ, we need to make sure that we don't uh, overlook the humanity of Christ. And even here's a common problem I think we see people uh, do really or think in the Christian life. Because we believe Jesus is fully God or fully man, when we come to a passage and fully man, when we come to a passage like this and we see his resolve, or when we look at the accounts of accounts of the temptation, we just kind of chalk it off to, well, he's God. So of course he succeeded against temptation. Well, he's God in the flesh. So of course he's going to be faithful here when everyone else is 
unfaithful. And I think that's too simplistic. He was the perfect man who perfectly followed God uh, through the Holy Spirit. And so what we see him doing, we should not just write it off as, well, you know, he was God. We should say, hey, this is what the perfect man did. This is what he is calling me to do. And even there, again, you see the humanity of Christ with him feeling distressed and troubled. And he says, even my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch. Jesus was no stranger to pressure, to sorrow, to grief, and even as we'll see here, to immense suffering that he is about to endure. And what does he do? He goes on to pray and he prays, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove thy cup, this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Uh, and there we even see a model. What, what can our prayers look like in those moments? How do we gain this resolve by prayer? Well, one of the things that's going to have to happen in that prayer is submitting your will to the will of God. And that is not always the easiest thing for us to do. And that may even be quite an understatement. Often, the reason we don't have resolve to do the will of God is because we still want to do what we want to do. But one of the things that Jesus deals with in his prayer is submitting his will to the Father's will here. And then comes the rebuke because you know what the disciples are doing while he is pouring out his heart to God, they are sleeping. And he addresses Peter or Simon by saying, are you asleep? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And sometimes I think we need to be more honest with ourselves when we're like, well, how did Jesus pass temptation? And I'm failing against temptation. Sometimes we just want to say, well, he's God and I'm not. Well, maybe part of it was he was in prayer and you're not. Uh, And we need to be more honest with ourselves about these things. Jesus tells us to fight temptation with prayer. And we see that is what he has done. So this steady, quiet resolve of Jesus doesn't come from nowhere. It comes from this wrestling in private prayer as he submits his will to the Father. Uh, Now we see the betrayal and the arrest of Jesus, and we see this account of a young man fleeing. This man is not identified, but there's a lot of thought throughout the history of the church that this young man who's running away naked because the linen cloth is snatched away is the author of the gospel of Mark. And then we see Jesus before the council. And again, we see the resolve of Jesus because they're having a hard time nailing him down. They're getting false witnesses. And even the false witnesses testimony cannot agree. And so finally, the high priest asks Jesus, are you the Christ or the Messiah, the son of the blessed? And Jesus said, I am. And you will see the son of man seated at the right hand of power and coming with the clouds of heaven. So again, look at that statement as Jesus willingly walking towards uh, the the suffering that God has put in front of him. Uh, He gives them what they want because that is what then 
They go on, he tears his garments and say, what further need do we have? You've heard his blasphemy. They didn't have a case against Jesus until Jesus opened his mouth. So he gives them the ammunition that they are looking for. I think we should note that as another part of the resolve of Jesus in this, as he willingly went towards the cross so that he might save sinners like you and me. And so again, as we see what Jesus is doing, one response of ours should be to worship him. Without his resolve, you and I are lost. We were lost sinners. We were unfaithful. But Jesus was faithful. Jesus endured the suffering and the shame so that we might be saved. And I think it's good for us to uh, slowly look at accounts like this and consider the shame, consider the suffering. It should increase our gratitude. It should increase our faith in him. But also another application point from today, along with worship, is we need to pray like Jesus. When our soul is troubled or when we are facing temptation, getting time alone with God, talking to him in prayer, pouring out our hearts to him is something that I just frankly don't think we do enough. And there's way too much lip service to prayer um, in the lives of many Christians without actual striving in prayer like we see from Jesus. And then the passage ends with the account of Peter's denial. Um, There it starts in the courtyard. One of the servant girls comes to him and says, you were with the Nazarene Jesus, but he denies it. I, I neither know nor understand what you mean. Let's just use another word for that. That's a lie. Um, And he goes out and the rooster crows and the servant girl saw him and says this again, but he denies it. And a little while later, someone else says to him, you're one of them. You're a Galilean. And now he invokes a curse on himself and swears, I do not know the man of whom you speak. And then the rooster crows and Peter remembers what Jesus has said and he is struck with grief. He breaks down and he weeps. And thankfully we know that's not the end of the story for Peter. And we'll see more of that to come, even just in the rest of the Gospels, the restoration of Peter, and then in Acts. But let's, again, note that contrast between Peter and Jesus, and let's worship Jesus today for his resolve that resulted in our salvation. And let's seek to follow his example by forging that resolve in the fires of private prayer. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.